few years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Good, good morning and welcome in to a special edition of the KSL Sports Front Page brought to you by University Federal Credit Union. We're doing one of these look back in time in Utah football history. I'm your host, Trevor Allen, and I am joined by a bunch of star youths here on, on this chat. We're going back in time to 2015 when Utah went all the way up to number three and then ended up playing BYU in the Las Vegas Bowl. So we'll go ahead and just get, get started right away, uh, bringing in uh, players from that team. We will start with the quarterback. Uh, he was a senior back in 2015, Travis Wilson. Travis, how are you, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. And then we'll bring in the guy who, who he would throw to, um, Kenneth Scott, wide receiver, Batman, and uh, now rapper. Uh, Kenneth Scott. Hey, man. How are you? I'm doing good. How's everything on your end? Everything is good. All right. And then we will bring in a guy who would uh, help block. And uh, he he's, he was one of the greatest O-linemen in Utah football history. I'm willing to say that. And now he is a police officer protecting the community in Provo. Isaac Asiata. Officer Isaac Asiata. How are you, man? Good, man. How's it going? Doing good. And then uh, everybody's favorite Aussie, everyone's favorite punter, two-time Ray Guy Award winner, and my colleague, Tom Can't Hack It. Tom, how are you, man? T-Bone Steak, I'm doing well. How are you holding up, Big Mac? You I didn't think we were going to go to that. Can't forget about the All-Century. Oh, yeah. All-Century team. All right, hold on. Back up. All right, Pac-12 All-Century team member, yes. Tom Hackett. Mm. I, I'm sorry, Tom. I, I really should always think about that, but that's the one award you always hang your hat on. Um, all right, guys. So, just looking back, as you guys look at that that season, a- almost five years ago, you guys look at training camp. We're we're just going to start there. When did you guys think that that this team was going to be really good? I want to start with with Isaac on that answer. Uh, Tom, that was the year that your moped got stolen, huh? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's what I knew, man. I knew it was going to be a funky year. I had to ride to practice with Tom. Uh, oh, your car got stolen, right? The car got stolen. The car got stolen. <laughs> the moped saved us, yeah. Isaac. Basil, Basil got stolen. Tom's car got stolen. Me, me, Tom, and Travis were rooming at that time. Tom's car got stolen, which is what I was barely fitting and driving around. I had to ride on the back of this little, maybe like 250cc moped. <laughs> Tom to the opening morning for training camp. And that's when I knew everything was going to be amazing. That year. All right. Uh, Travis, when did you think this, this Utah football team was going to have a really good year? 
Um, I mean, I think with Taylor coming off of like our junior year, um, I think a lot of us had obviously been playing together for a few years now. Um, you know, we we built a lot of momentum going into our senior year and everything like that. And um, obviously, we had a few rough couple of first years. Um, you know, just adjusting to the Pac-12 and everything like that. But um, yeah, I think just leading up, like um, winter conditioning, like summer, and, and going into fall camp, like everyone, um, we were all super close, and everyone had, you know, um, everyone had the same goal in mind, and you know, everyone uh, just wanted to achieve the same things, and um, you know, just that kind of that that showed, and you know, our leadership really stepped up and um, became a good focal point for for the rest of that season. All right. Uh- Tom Hackett, thoughts on when when you guys thought that that was going to be a, a special season? I I knew that you had a really good year, but when did you think the the team as a whole was going to have a really special year? Uh, I was still trying to figure out the game of football in 2015, and I still am. Uh, so I didn't really know, Trev, but uh, I did know that we had our first winning year, like Trav was saying, in 2014, and uh, and so I thought that was. That was worth something, and then we had a we had a fair few seniors as well. I know we don't have anybody on the defensive side of the ball on this, but this feed. But we had a number of seniors on the defensive side as well. And generally speaking, when you're an experienced group, your uh, your chances of doing better do go uh, do go higher, and they do increase. So uh, I was optimistic. You never know, though. I mean, at the end of that, it's college football, and a lot of the guys on the team, and a lot of the guys we play, obviously, you know, just young adults. Uh, and so every given week you've got to show up and sometimes you you don't and that's the reality of college football but I, I was optimistic going into 2015 specifically because 2014 was our first winning season uh since I had been there 2012 and 2013 we both went five and seven all right yeah. Kenneth same yeah, for you man for me it's you know obviously the the senior leadership that we had leading up to years but the one thing that I knew, I'll tell you this part. One thing I knew, when they said we was gonna be on the drive, I said, "Oh yeah, we're about to get on. We're about to get on this. It's either we gonna suck or we are gonna be really, really good." And since they had Oregon State at that time, I knew they was gonna handle the sucky part. So I knew the only only option we had was to be good. So I, that's how I knew. I figured, I said, "Okay, this must be a good year. It's one of them omens that okay, they're gonna record everything and we're gonna have a breakout year." So that's that's where I was optimistic at. I uh, I completely forgot about the drive. Do you guys remember when we went to the haunted house? Yeah. <laughs> the, the haunted house. Ooh. Wait, haunted house? Tom, yeah. elaborate, yeah, please. The haunted house. And uh, and they mic'd me up. And midway through, they had to pull me out of the, the haunted house because my microphone couldn't stick to my chest because I was dripping in sweat. <laughs> it was horrible. I'm like... Mike up, K. Scott. He screams louder than any of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was I was getting ready to fight everybody. Like, if, I'm, if I'm scared, I'm trying to fight somebody. <laughs> so that was uh, so there was there were some uh, stories about that. I mean, what about camp? I know I know that people ha- have stories about camp and how you know team teams come together during camp, and you know it's also it's also a, a really hard time because you guys are getting ready for the year. What what were some uh, training camp stories that you guys were, were going through? I mean, obviously, Tom, when, when, when did your car get stolen? <laughs> Isaac, when? Tom's Tom stolen the night before our first practice. Do you remember that? Because okay. we were we were freaking out because we were going to be late to the first practice of camp, and everybody was going to have to run gases. But everybody ran, ended up running gases anyway because we were on the drive. And 
That was the worst. That was the worst um, training camp of my Utah football career ever. And when I blame the drive 150 percent because because when the cameras are on and practice, you have to basically do everything for the camera. It was We ran like 20 to 25 gashers at the end of a two and a half hour practice, like about three or four times that month. I was the best. I, I'm, just, I'm just happy we. I'm just happy we weren't doing the the 32 periods anymore. Yeah. We, actually, we actually slimmed it down to like 18 periods. I remember like our our freshman year, we were we were getting up there to like 28 periods, and those were some long days. And then you restart the whole practice. Yeah. yeah, and then you'd hear Coach Witt. You'd, you'd start messing up, and you'd hear Coach Witt start the period over. <laughs> You're like, God, clock off, and then we just keep rolling. Oh man! So uh, you, you guys opened up against Michigan. That was mm-hmm. the the uh, debut of Jim Harbaugh. How fired up were you guys to open up against Michigan at home? That was lit. Yeah, oh, it, was, it was amazing. I mean, just like obviously going there and playing them um, in the Big House our junior year and being able to win that game was was awesome. And then obviously having them come to ours and yeah having it be uh jim harbaugh's first college game back and you know that was that was definitely a, a sweet victory to kind of take away his first win back in college so that was that was awesome yeah and everything surrounding that game man everybody said oh yeah jim harbaugh he's gonna he's gonna go to utah and he's gonna smash utah and Cupcake. Yeah, the cupcake. That was the cupcake <laughs> game. Cupcakes. We all had cupcakes. It was the greatest. But that was that was that was huge for from a team standpoint. Um, I know us as a whole line. We it was a big challenge because these guys were supposed to be like elite defensive linemen, and the five of us we handled them really well. It was it was a fun game plan. How how uh how would you guys say the you know crowd was there? I mean, I you guys obviously played in in a lot of openers at home. Um, you know, seeing that that stadium rocking was that about as loud as you guys have, have have heard it when you guys were playing at Utah? Yeah, it was pretty electric, man. Yeah, it was in the town. That was as loud as I can remember. Yeah, and so, I mean, the, only, the only time it's ever been louder is like when we played PBS. Really? Yeah. <laughs> now, I remember, dude, the whole stadium would be freaking shaking when we play them. And, yeah, I th- every every game we had was always packed. Like, I definitely always gave credit to our fans, and um, they would they would sell that thing out. So. By the way, for, for those of you tuning in, if, if you don't know why uh, Travis used the word TDS, that is Team Down South, and which means BYU, which means it sounds like he's still yeah, not using the letters BYU. I don't ever I don't ever say the other the other term. So yeah, and there's also some other people who don't either. Yeah, I'm going to be seeing TDS for the rest were, of my life. Were you guys? Uh, what, what were you guys' thoughts? Because you know, going in, into that year, we knew that 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 uh, series was again going to take a hiatus. You guys already didn't, didn't play them the, the the year before because of that home and home with uh, Michigan, but. At that time, I mean, yeah, you guys ended up playing BYU later on, but you guys didn't know that until after the season. So what were your thoughts of not playing BYU and rather playing Michigan? Oh, no, I mean, it, was, <laughs> it, was probably, it was probably a good break for them because they're probably tired of like, whooping on them every, every year. So <laughs> if anything, it was, it was a break for them. Yeah. Kenneth Scott? I, I, think, I think the players would take Michigan over BYU – Every year, and I don't, I'm not just saying that 
to try and offend BYU. I, I just think it's a bigger game. And I think if, if it was Michigan, Clemson, Bama, Ohio State, you know, like top of the top in college football, I think Utah would take those teams over BYU every year. It's a bigger game. Yeah, it's ah, it's tough. It's tough because you got people that are from Utah, you know, and that's like for me, it's like USC versus UCLA. Like some people from Utah, hey, that that BYU game is like their championship. Like no matter if we play shoot USC or Michigan, so I think it's like eh, it's both, you know. But for me, I'm, I'm taking Michigan. I'm, I'm taking Michigan. Yeah, every I'll take Michigan every single day of the week. But there's nothing like the the rivalry game. It'd be funner if it was more challenging, but. Yeah, it would be way more fun if it was more challenging. Yeah. I, agree I mean, obviously, I know me and Case Khan, Tom can attest to this. Like, obviously, growing up outside of Utah, we didn't realize how big the rivalry was until we actually got here. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, like, playing in that game and, like, experiencing that, like, it's it's definitely a different game than most games. But um, it was definitely – it was cool to change it up and obviously play, play a team like Michigan because um, that, was, that was an awesome experience, especially going out there and playing out there in Michigan, so – I, I don't know why we can't play Michigan and BYU in the same non-conference. I know it's hard. Mm. It's tricky. It's an emotional game, the BYU game. And it's physical for some, you know, not, not for me. But uh, I, I don't know why we can't play <laughs> Michigan and BYU in, in the same non-conference schedule. But Coach Witt uh, seems to – his philosophy is it's, it's BYU or a Power 5 team and then, you know, a group of five and then an F. What is it? FCS, yes, FBS, yes. yeah. whatever it is. Um, but I, I'd like to see Flashback it going Friday. Michigan, BYU, and then, I don't know, Weaver State or something. Time out. I'm sorry. Time said FBS. <laughs> I don't know what the FBS. FBS. Football FBS. Bowl Subdivision or something like that. <laughs> All I know is that that is how FCS is what Weaver State, Southern Utah, the big sky is in. And that and that and that was was your guys' C level game. If you guys were going off of what uh, Dr. Chris Hill his scheduling uh, strategy. Now moving forward, and I'm really excited about this game because um, so, something a little bit personal. And Tom knows this, and I I, I end up telling uh, Kenneth Scott before hopping onto this. So when you guys played Oregon up at Autzen Stadium, they they were ranked top fifteen. You guys were ranked number 18 going up there. Pretty good team in Oregon. What happened on that day, that was the very first day of my my son's life. And so his first college football game was watching you guys smash Oregon. Mm. So the I want to get into that game. That story, Trev, the real truth behind that story is your wife was in the midst of labor giving birth <laughs> watching the game. And not by her side, man. I was by her side while I was watching the TV. But no, no, he was he was actually born at like midnight Saturday. And so it was like 12, you know, whenever the game was, it was, you know, obviously later at night. But just talk about that game going in. Isaac, I want to I want to start with you going into that game two top top 20 teams. Um, obviously, you guys were on the road. What were you guys thoughts going into that Oregon game? Um. Yeah, dude, I, I knew we were going to win that game from the start of our pregame warm-ups. And I've said that before, but I don't think I've played in another game like that 
since that game, just because I knew from the minute we got off the bus to how the locker room was, to just our, our uh, U-formation stretch. They played that one uh, – do you remember that one song they played? Do you remember what song I'm talking about? Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that was probably the worst decision that that stadium decided to do because everybody was kind of just vibing mellow. Mm-hmm. And and it, it was just that, like, that focus and everybody was just trying to get there in the right mindset. But when that song came on, everybody looked at each other. Then we did the Utah Mealy. It was over, man. Like, that song came on, and then you could see it. Yes. Eyes, and we were gonna, it was over, you know. And um, just from the jump, man, that was – it was crazy, and Travis went off that. That was that was the Heisman. Uh, remember, they was uh, giving Travis the Heisman nod stuff. Yeah, uh, before that game, so I was like, "Ooh, this gonna be lit." No, not yeah, but just just everything everything leading up to that game, and that's when Coach Witt told us that's when we uh, he said that we were we weren't giant players anymore, and we were we were the Giants, and that was uh, yeah, that, that was huge, man. That was a fun time. I, I contribute everything to the Travis Heisman thing because ever since then, I, before that game, I remember Coach Rod coming and was like, we're going to throw the ball a lot this game. I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, contribute, I contributed all to the, the Heisman thing because I think we were trying to boost up uh, Travis. Even, that boy came out. Hey, I watched that game. I said, God dang, Travis. That boy, man. Travis hey, went he, off, man. Hey, off. You, you well, know, and he, then- he went off. If you well, if you sit out the rest of the game, if you only play three quarters in the game against Oregon, against Oregon, only three quarters, not even the full three quarters. Travis only played two in two minutes of a quarter. If yeah. you play that much, that, come on, man, that's legendary. Like against Oregon, come on, man. So Travis, you were you were obviously filling it, and and it obviously seemed like you guys opened up the playbook as well because you know Devontae Booker throwing to Britton Covey, Caleb Rep mm-hmm. was getting involved, Kenneth Scott was getting involved. It seemed like you were you were just throwing darts. Yeah, honestly, like, I think everything was just clicking that game. It just – it felt so good. And, obviously, that was um, that was my game back after I hurt my shoulder because I didn't play in the Fresno State game. Um, so, that was the game I actually came back, and I had to get a shot in my shoulder before the game. So, well, what a lot of people don't know is my shoulder was – like, I barely had control of, like, my left shoulder. Like, my shoulder was completely numb. Um, it's funny. You can actually see, like, in – and going back and watching the game um, early on in the game, when I was running and stuff like that, my, my arm is actually like hitting, hitting my back because I couldn't really control it. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, everything was just clicking that game. Like we we're, um, I remember we were, I was just throwing fades up to case. Kai. I remember we ran like the same play twice in a row. And I was like, hey, I'm going back to him again. So um yeah, so we like like I said, we were just we had a good game plan going into that game, and uh, we knew um, how we wanted to attack them, and um, I knew um, kind of where to where to put the ball, and uh, you know what guys to go after. So, like I said, everything was just clicking, and um, we we're we we're able to really open up the playbook, which I really liked, and um, definitely had a. a a great impact on the game. I remember I remember asking Trav, Trav, Isaac, and, and myself all lived together. I remember asking Trav that week, I was like, how are we going to do this week against Oregon? And and this is like the only time Travis has really ever said this, but he's like, I think we're going to kill him. And I was like, what? Really? <laughs> In Eugene, we're going to kill him? And he's like, and I'm like, well, okay, explain, please. 
And he went on to say, and K. Scott, you can talk about this too. They uh, their DBs were like all freshmen or true yeah. freshmen, right? And mm-hmm. that played a big part. Yeah, and that that's another key. They was talking about uh, when Coach Stubblefield came into the office, well, in our meeting room, he was like, "All right, this is going to be uh, this is going to be one of those games. It's, it's how our wide receivers are going to do against their DBs." And K. Scott, I don't know about you, but you're going to get some some lower. Uh, not lower level, but, you know, guys that are not as experienced as you. And so we're going to see how it is. The, the game is going to be up to you guys and in you guys' hands. And I was like, okay, so we kind of took that challenge. Like, all right, sounds good. Let's get in this work. And so, yeah, yeah that was a, that was yeah, a they, like they were, Yeah, they definitely had some injuries and stuff going into that game. And like I said, our game plan was to attack that and go after that. And like I said, we, we took full advantage of that. So we – we knew where the opportunities were going to be, and um, you know we, we made plays, and like I said, it was just was clicking, and the whole playbook was open at that point. So, who was that quarterback? What was his name? Vernon. Uh, Vernon Adams. Vernon Adams. Yeah, Vernon Adams. Yep. The, he, uh, he was the the uh, transfer, I think, from what Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington. Yeah. 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 He stunk it up that game, huh? <laughs> it looked like the whole Oregon team did. Yeah, all, all credit to our defense, too. Our defense freaking lit him up at the beginning. Um, he ended up having to leave the game because he just yeah. um, ended up getting hurt or whatever. So, like I said, all credit to our defense, too. Our defense played lights out. And, you know, truly, like, all three phases of that game, offense, defense, and special teams just were with everything. Okay, guys, we're going to have a little bit of fun here. I'm going to ask Tom Hackett to not talk during this th- this next portion. And I'm going to literally I'm literally going to turn this over to Isaac, Kenneth Scott, and Travis Wilson. Um we're going to we're going to have a little fun here. Oh, All right. I'm pulling up a screen wow. here. Okay. First, can you guys guess what is going to happen here in this play? Uh he's going to run out of breath. I know that. Uh, <laughs> hey, Tom's gonna make the most. Tom's gonna make the most athletic play he's ever made in his whole entire life. Okay, so I'm I'm literally just gonna press play. You guys break down the entire play, and I can I can play it a couple okay. of times if you want. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and just go. Play, before you press play, pause it, pause it, pause it. Okay, just a little backstory for. The shield. Okay, those are that's Jackson Barton right there. I believe that's is that Nawa? Yeah, no, Kowski. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're over here, Isaac, right? Okay, so we talked to Hiva, um, and Hiva said he's like, "Hey, it's there." He said it's there. Uh, he's telling Tom. Oh, uh, Tom probably probably knows, but Tom he was telling Tom, "Hey, it's there." Told Coach Whit, "It's there." And so apparently Hiva called it, but I mean, I thought it was more Tom just wasn't tall enough to catch the snap, but. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm not allowed to talk. Hey, you're not allowed to talk, Tommy. <laughs> I'll explain off. I'll explain what happened after you guys get. Okay, yeah. So wait, go back a little bit. Go back. Okay. So just go back at the catch because this is honestly the most athletic play that Tom has ever made. Look at that. Tom, can you jump? Okay, Tom, I'm, I'm only going to allow you to answer this one question. Have you ever jumped this high in your life? <laughs> No, but yeah, look <laughs> at that vertical. <laughs> I know. Man, I thought that play alone was going to get me drafted, and it didn't. 
Hey, real talk though, that's crazy. Okay, this catch, this catch was actually very impressive. Okay, all right. So now, after this, it's just I don't know. His running style is just something else. Dude, if penguins could run, that's a legit. <laughs> Look at him shut his Oh, no, well, the worst oh, part is that Tom outruns all of his blockers. Like he was right here in front of him. He doesn't follow. He, <laughs> he almost fell off balance. Try to run him over, Tom. Okay, something over, that that uh, pointed out to me here. Tom ends up going going past his blocks, and then no. right here try tries to juke the guy right here. Um, no, he I don't know. He does like this guy. Head. Yeah, like Mom, whoop. Tom, did you okay? Well, if you go to the left of Piva, you 100% are going home all the way to the end zone. Maybe if you're yeah, really, no, Tom didn't want to score. No, Tom was not a winner in this game. Look at this, look at this hole. Go out to the left of Hiva. No, I think 46 probably would have gotten from the back. But. Yeah, you're right. I wish uh, you would try to run him over. That just put the offense come back on the field. So, okay, here's okay, what so, happened. Okay, no, Tom, go ahead. Here's what happened. Uh, this was the second punt. The first punt, I'm like, man, I didn't hit that very well, and it didn't go very far. And I remember I had a punt earlier, and it went a long way. And I thought it hit the wire, the TV wire, the, the sky cam. And so I go over to and I go, hey, I think that hit the wire. He goes, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. And you know how he is with timeouts. And so he calls a timeout. When he calls a timeout, I just – what myself because I'm like if that didn't hit the wire we just wasted time out <laughs> anyway it turns out it hit the wire he goes okay it hit the wire we're gonna run the fake and anytime he says we're running a fake man I am so scared <laughs> I, I am so scared like I'm like five eleven and three quarters call me six foot if you want 200 pounds and I look up and I got like 300 pound dudes in front of me trying to take my head off and I tell Heva, I'm like, Heva, I need you to run as fast as you can run. <laughs> you got to run quick. And Noah Kowski, you remember Noah Kowski? Oh, dude? my Michelin man. Spit coming out his mouth. He had, like, you know, like acne all over his face. He's like, I got you. I'm like, all right, Noah, hey. let's go, big boy. Hey. And Noah has a six-pack now, so. No way. Yeah, bro. Really? Oh, yeah. The anyway, keep going. Going. Jesus. Him and Heva, man, they've shed some weight. But uh, I got a lot of I got a lot of uh, stick for that shimmy I tried to put on the returner. Hey, I kind of beat him though. Yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah. He did have to arm. He did have to arm tackle. Arm tackle. Yeah. I win for Tom, if you ask me. Hey, can Hold we on. watch that one more time, Trev? Yes, absolutely. We can watch as many times as you want, Tom. Ooh. And then, all right. So what happened was hey, that's like a four three speed right there. That's uh, a Look four nine. <laughs> All right, now if you keep watching Jared, Jared Norris, he runs off and he whacks me. Bang! Dude, I couldn't see for like 10 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, Tom should have been a hey. uh, concussion protocol hey. right after that. Tom, Christian Drew, Christian Drew said that Mitch Wisnowski has a better four time, 40 time than you, but your game speed is second to none. <laughs> I like that from Drew's, man. I owe Drew some money for that comment. That's nice of him. Mitch runs like a 4-4 four, four or something. I ran a 4-9-1. But I'm telling you, Jared Norris can fuck me <laughs> up that point. 
So yeah. did were you uh did did you end up punting anymore after that? Uh I don't know if I did. Probably oh, not. Yeah. Did oh yeah, happen? because you, you probably lost your memory because Jared hit you in the head. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, I, I I'm not kidding. I think I was concussed. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's part of my problem right now is I say things without thinking about it, and I blame Jared because he knocked me out after I made a hell of a play. <laughs> Okay, there's, pointing there's, pointing this out right here, awesome. right oh, here. Man. I was literally. You guys probably saw a lot of this, right? Oh yeah, dude. They uh, because they had some scholars on defense, man. They had. Uh, there, was, there was a bunch of clips in that game where they just looked so defeated, and it was it was the best yeah. feeling in the world. Isaac, that defensive line was nasty, man. Yeah, they had people. They had another big uh, white. Yeah, they had Armstrong. They had. Uh, Eric Armstead, yeah, that's it. Defoe and Eric Armstead, that guy can ball, bro. They were both like six, seven, six, eight. I'm like, yeah, this game was my first like big offensive line performance game. Our old line this game, it was amazing to see them go and ball out against the kind of dudes that they had because all those guys were first rounders, man. And our, it was so fun to play. So he catches it right there. Now, thing is, okay, as you guys are seeing Tom, not only make that that catch, because I'm taking it, Isaac, Kenneth Scott, and uh, Travis Wilson, you guys were all on the uh, sideline, right? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. But then, but then you, you, as soon as you guys see that, and him just taking off, or what was it, 33 yards, Tom? Give or take. I mean, that would actually be perfect because of your number, but – I mean, Travis, you, you guys think you guys are done for a little oh, bit. I was, I, I, honestly, I don't even think I knew that they were going to be running the cake, and then I just look up either. and oh, Tom's freaking just. <laughs> <laughs> and, back on the field. And, yeah, all you hear is Ooh. offense. I'm like, oh, we're back on. We, uh, I was on the sideline talking to Coach Harding, asking him if I could be done for the game. I was like, I don't want to play anymore. I'm done. We won. We won. Game. This game's over. You can put in a back because we wanted our backups, man. We want all the twos to get some reps. Like, I mean, was- check, check, check out the score. Oh yeah, I was ready to have. I was ready to have our backups go in. Like, our, like who was there? Kyle Lannerman, Nowkowski. I was ready. I remember I was talking to them on talking to him on the sideline about it, and then the next thing I know, everybody's screaming on our sideline. Stand up and see. What Travis described as this from the back. It looked like this. That's why Colin McGregor got his little wolf off, dog. He needs to pay you. Because, I mean, look at this. He's, he's all just like strutting. I mean, look at that. As soon as he comes off the field. Oh, yeah. Tom Tom was definitely feeling himself. Oh, yeah. man. And, and you know what? Tom very well should. I mean, look at that. That was a highlight play. Like I said, that was, that was the most athletic play of Tom's career for sure. I did say I was getting drafted on that play, man. Man, for real. You should have you should have got drafted, Tom. And then Trav and then Trav had sports and a call after the game. And I'm like watching ESPN in our basement. And I'm like, is that bloody giraffe on the I'm like, where is, I'm like looking around, like, where is this big bu- where is he? And he's on the phone of sports center. Oh yeah, I remember that. I was, yeah, I was somebody. Yeah, I was like, wow. So what would you guys say that that game right there was when Utah arrived as a real Pac-12 contender? The Hayes never in the barn. <laughs> yeah, no. Hayes never in the barn. That is never in the barn. Never drilled in our brains. But 
obviously it was it was a huge game. Like mm-hmm. Oregon has always been a tough component. You know, you hear about Oregon um, every single year being tough and you know being a top contender in the Pac-12. So like it was that was a sweet victory, especially after you know junior year um, or yeah junior year when they came in or yeah when they came to play us and. Uh, we had that little mishap on the on the goal line with uh, Kalen, but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> we would have been up. Well, we're able to laugh about it now. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, we would have been up fourteen zero, and that would have been the first time any team has ever gone up on Oregon fourteen zero. But yeah, well, they had a they had a pretty good quarterback too. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. The first play of the game. I remember. I remember the very first play. The very first play he. He ran like a zone read, and yes. he kept in and ran for like sixty yards. I was like, "Oh boy!" Oh, I was like, "It's gonna be a long day." <laughs> oh, boy. So that was so having that game our senior year was it was definitely good a little revenge and um, yeah, like I said, all three phases just clicked that game. It was just it worked out so. Well. By the I way, do, oh sorry, sorry. I man, do have ahead. a funny story about that uh, yeah. game when Caitlin dropped it on the one yard line. So it's me, Tim, and Kaylin in the end zone. We celebrate like a mud. We didn't know the play was continuously going. And so Coach Stubblefield ran off the fi- right, ran from the sideline on the way to the field. We're like, Coach, what are you talking about? We can score a touchdown. Like, we over here tapping fans. I'm like, what's up? And then he come on the field like literally. And we just look like I, yeah, I literally remember I was walking over to the sideline, and then I just see Oregon players running the opposite way with the football, and I'm like, "Do you have the? Do you have that clip at all?" I, I don't actually have that right. one. Well, I, I could probably pull it up on. No, you're good. I remember running. I remember running. From you don't that. was a bomb of a dime, and I, I dab traveled, and I'm like slow, fat man jogging down the end zone, celebrating, and then. They start running toward us. Like the guy who picked the ball up starts running towards me, and I'm like, like he runs past me like this, and I just keep running towards the end. So turn around, and then they blow the whistle, touchdown on the other end, and I was like, yeah, I, I didn't even understand that moment at all. But that I got in so much trouble in film that day. The next day, me too. You did? The whistle blown. What the whistle blown? I thought it was. I couldn't hear anything. The crowd was going nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so, okay, so then you guys then move up into the rankings. You guys go from 18 mm-hmm. going into that Oregon game. You guys shoot all the way up to number five in the entire country. Then you guys have college game day coming to town, which I think's only happened I think two other times in Utah history, um, to where yeah, they they like, come to, to Salt Lake. Yeah, the last time was like what 2000. I think it was like BYU, right? Uh, it was either the TCU game or the BYU. Oh, TCU. I about that TCU game. I remember yeah, I was yeah, on the sideline on crutches yeah. in that game. That was the most. Yeah, nah, fans, nah, bro. I, that was crazy. Yeah, that, that game sucked. Well, yeah, we're we're not we're not gonna talk about that memory yet. We're we're gonna pour some salt in the wound here in just a few minutes. But first, I want to talk about the Cal game. Jared Goff goes on to be the the number one pick in in the draft. You guys are hosting Cal, who's ranked number twenty three at the time. Um, Jared Goff threw what, like five picks in, six. in the first half? Six picks. Six. Yeah. Five of them were what in the the first half. So Travis, when when we talk about the USC game coming up, it, it <laughs> your your game on that won't have anything 
on on Jared Goff's game against you guys, right? Yeah. yeah. So just going into that game, all of that hype with, with college game day. By the way, what is it like getting ready for a game when college game day is in town? Business as usual. Really? Yeah. Business as usual. I, you you got you guys yeah. can tell me now. You guys aren't you know on the the team. You guys can tell me the real feelings. Like in, in, you know, was, was there any extra nerves? Was it? I mean, what was it? Like I don't I don't really think there was really any extra nerves. Just like just more the, excitement. Yeah, it was more excitement. It was like obviously it was a it was an awesome uh, opportunity and. Um, it's it was an awesome experience to be part of you know college game day you know you grow up watching college game day every Saturday morning and stuff like that so it was it was cool to see like our team on there and um, you know we worked hard for it and we definitely earned to be to be that game so it was like I said just an awesome opportunity and you know we wanted to take advantage of that and that's why that's why in the beginning I said man everything's just panning out like first the drive wanted to see us and then we beat Michigan then we're going to beat uh, Oregon, then this college game, then I'm like, oh, shoot, this is going to be crazy this it year. Was, so, man. It was lit, man. It was fun. And then you guys go on uh, to to uh, be ranked number four in the, the country, uh, and then you guys take on the Arizona State Sun Devils. You guys won 34-18 to 18 at home, which it was against a team you guys have, have struggled with since since joining the Pac-12. So it was probably good to get a win over the Sun Devils. What's that? What's that blitz? They always run, bro, and they run two off the edge. What's that called, Trev? Smack? Yeah, smack. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I don't think while we were there, I don't think we had beaten Arizona State until uh, our senior year. So, I don't think so. Um, that was obviously a big game as well, too. Going back to uh, Cal quickly, I heard a story. Uh, I guess Jared Goff came and found Coach Scally, the D coordinator, uh, and after the game and was like, hey, what defense were you guys running? Because he couldn't figure it out, right? He threw six picks. And I guess Utah, and I kind of wish we had someone on the defensive side of the ball, but I guess Utah was just running cover two. And and Jared Goff couldn't figure it out. I was like, "What?" Like mind blowing. The other team is in the league. Man, to run a cover right. two and to get six picks off of him. Yeah, we had some ballers, bro. Damo, I covered two. Reggie. I mean, I was I was friends with Jared in like college and stuff, and then obviously I spent a little time with them when I was with on the Rams as well. So yeah. Um, I definitely like bringing up that mo- that that moment. So just you know, just to have a little, just have a little mm-hmm. edge over him. So. Well, and then someone who ends up having a, a, a edge over you is the the game we're going to go to next. When you guys were ranked number three in the entire country, oh. Cameron Smith and the USC Trojans. Oh, um, here we're we're going to start with with uh, Kenneth Scott here. Obviously, <laughs> the world the world's looking at you know the the college football world's looking at you guys number three in the entire country going o- over to USC at the Coliseum, where Utah hasn't played well since since joining the Pac-12. I mean, obviously they they do pretty well at home against USC, but just going into that game, were you guys feeling pretty good about yourselves? Man, I know I was. I was like, okay, this this man, we number three. We about to. I thought I, I thought we was gonna win that game. I mean, we didn't. What was it like? What was the first quarter score? About fourteen to, or was it? What was the I could tell you here in a minute. I was feeling good for the most part of the game. I said, like, "Okay, we're still in here." You know, you I guys were up by one, one touchdown, fourteen yeah, to I was, seven. I was I feeling good with Britton Covey. Uh, he went loose. 
Yeah, Covey, thir- th- uh, 30-yard touchdown catch from Travis in that, in that yeah. first quarter. I was feeling good. I thought we was going to really win that game. And, uh, and then after that, it was just like a blur to me. <laughs> so, Isaac, what, what happened in that game? I mean, you yeah. guys had all, all the hype coming in surrounding you. The Trojans weren't ranked. I remember, I remember in the locker room before that game, and, and Coach E was walking around, LSI. He was walking around and just being like, you guys get to go home today after this game and tell your kids that you 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 beat USC in the Coliseum. Like, that is a that is a big deal. Like, that is a legendary stadium. USC is a legendary team. And I remember just being so hyped. That, and I, I had 100% belief that we were going to ball out and win that game, man. But it just – it all declined. And I don't blame Trav at all. I know, I know he'll talk about that too. But just it was one of those things that um, – in my honest opinion of the 2015 season, our biggest downfall was the hype that we, we just couldn't handle it. We didn't handle it the right way. Um, there was so much hype at, and it was every week the hype got bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and I think our confidence was, re- re- was replaced by um, not necessarily cocky, but just the fact that we um, kind of lost sight of why we were having so much success. And then, um, Sadly, that game, when things were going bad, a lot of it, it was um, without saying names. Everybody just kind of turned on each other. I mean, everybody was just kind of at each other's throats and being like, "Well, why aren't you guys doing this? Why aren't you doing that?" Um, and it kind of unraveled from there. But there was there was just so many different things that that happened, and um, it wasn't just one thing. You know, uh, I said Travis talked about it here, but it wasn't Travis's interceptions. It was just. There was so much adversity that we weren't mm-hmm. used to. Yet. We hadn't seen all season, but we didn't know how to react to it. Um, especially from an old line point, I think Bob got sacked like eight or nine times. So, well, and you know, for for Travis too to have to get sacked that that many times, he, he's a guy who, who's very mobile, who, who's able, who's able to use his feet, and you know, so kind of like of what Tyler Huntley's done uh, lately at, at Utah, where he's able to get out of the pocket and. And you know, avoid sacks. Travis was able to do that too, and able to run. He was just a lot taller than than yeah. Tyler Huntley. But yeah. but Travis, you know, going in that game, obviously, I'm 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 only messing with you. You know, with five years later, we can we can joke about it now. But going into that game, you were obviously having a really good year. What what was going on uh, in that game going into the Coliseum? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like we were having like we were having good. I was playing well and stuff like that, and. Um, you know, I just, I think I, I definitely tried to force the ball, um, a few too many times and, um, you know, tried to make more, more plays than, um, more, you know, out of, out of character plays than I should have. And, you know, at the end of the day, like till the day I die, I will take full responsibility for, you know, how I played that game and in the outcome of that game as well too, um, I, I will always own up to that, and I'll always, uh, you know, be a man of my word. And um, and I I can see or I can own that I did, I did not play well that game, and um, and it's unfortunate. And um, obviously made made some bad mistakes throwing the ball as well, and um, ended up throwing it to this freaking same guy on their team a few times. So. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, I just, um, like I said, just tried to make too many plays, you know, outside of, um, 
what I should have just been doing. And, and like I said, I, I always own up to that and I always take full responsibility for that. Um, you know, as a quarterback, that's, that's your job to um, be a man and, um, you know, be the leader of that offense. And, you know, as a quarterback, the ball's in your hand every single play. So it's, it's your job to be smart with it and take care of it. And, um, and, you know, that game, I just wasn't able to take care of the football. And, you know, you, you know like Coach Webb was always saying, you know, you're not going to win a lot of games if you don't win the turnover margin. So, um, and that was a big, that was a big um, part of that game. So. I, uh, I remember a few days before the game, they came out with the USC favored. And I remember the locker room. I mean, that was basically what everybody was talking about. And at first, I was quite irritated, but then I thought it was going to work in our advantage you know, because I did feel like the team was starting to get a, a bit away from itself, maybe lose some of the concentration we had earlier in the season. But then when we weren't favoured, despite being number three in the country, you know, I thought that was enough. I thought that was all the motivation we needed. Um, there's something about that stadium, I'm telling you. And what Isaac said, I mean, the – the sideline a lot so i can talk about what happens on the sideline i mean it was straight panic mode you know there, there, there weren't very many cool on that sideline it was it was chaotic and that was the first time that entire year that i had seen it like that and that was concerning and it was pretty early on too when things started not going our way early in that first quarter you could tell there was this eeriness about the utah sideline and it wasn't fun so then you guys go uh you guys go on to be Oregon State and Washington mm-hmm. and then you lose two games that you probably could have won. You know, you guys lost in double overtime down in Tucson against yeah. the Wildcats and then uh, you lost by eight points at home against UCLA. Uh, what was what was kind of behind those those two losses? I mean, uh, I know I, I know the one in double overtime was was tough. It, it came down to the wire. Um, but Kenneth Scott, talk about what what how was the the team feeling after those two losses? I, for me, I was like, you can't be serious. Like we go from shoot number three to now we're fighting for the Pac-12 South, like to be representatives of it. I'm like, what in the world? Like, what did this come to? And so I was like, dang. So for me, just thinking about those moments, I was like, okay, how how are we gonna be able to regroup and get this thing right back into you know our control? Like it's been shoot this whole season, and so. I wanted to win that Arizona game so bad because I don't think we beat Arizona since my red shirt freshman year up in Tucson when they had Nick Foles and uh, yeah, when they had was it Nick Foles at their quarterback at that time my red shirt freshman year when we played at Tucson. I think Foles was a little bit earlier. I'm not 100. So, sure. so it was uh, some other. It was another. Must have been another quarterback then. It was a prominent quarterback that went to the NFL. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that was the last time my redshirt freshman year when we went nuts. And then then we went to UCLA, and then we lost to UCLA. I was like, what in the world? Uh, and it was just – well, no, no. That UCLA game was BS. All right. Because there was one play that would have changed everything. I'm gonna tell you was that the right. uh, block in the back? Yes. I looked at it like, hold on. He missed the block. And – that pissed me off because you know me. I that's my that's like fifty some yards. That's a touchdown off my stat record. Like I damn near have more PIs than touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like, Yo, like let me get this. Like let me get this. I need this stat. Like, but I think that 
that call kind of shifted a little bit. I, that was bogus. I mean, we didn't end up scoring a touchdown on that drive, I don't think. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, man, those those moments was crazy. Though, both of those losses, because now you go from you go from uh, you go from you know going to the top to now you fighting for a Pac-12 South spot. So that's crazy. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna skip over the uh, Colorado game because you guys won that that game. Now, you guys finished the the regular season nine and three, um, and then you guys find out that BYU or TDS, as Travis likes to call it, um, you guys are playing them in the Las Vegas Bowl. So for a team that had nine wins, you guys were ranked number three, but then end up getting to the point where on, with only three losses. You draw BYU in the Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, Tom Hackett, I'm going to start with you on this one. Your initial thoughts when you guys found out you guys are going to be playing BYU in the Las Vegas Bowl. I will never forget the team meeting uh, when we were all in there. Uh, We had already found out that we were playing BYU, I believe. They announced it earlier that day or the the day. And it was just – it was such a weird – feeling and and the team was so aggravated but nobody was really willing to on it because you kind of got to be careful coach wit you know he takes every opponent seriously but you could it was like one of the only times i could tell coach wit was so aggravated by the the bowl matchup and uh and i remember in special teams meeting before we went down to Vegas, the specialists got together and played a prank on Coach Witt, and it was one of the funnier things I can remember up there at Utah. But we told him that he had a lunch. He had a lunch scheduled. It was in uh, one of the local newspapers that we read that he and uh, his wife, Jamie, had to go have lunch with uh, Bronco and his wife. Uh, and uh, and it was at Caesar, and and it was a, a public lunch, and they were going to be on a podium, and the media was invited, and they were going to be able to take photos and and ask questions at the end of it. And when we told him that, he's like, he's like "I haven't heard about, I have not heard about this, I heard about it." And he was so angry, his face went red, and uh, boy, we started laughing our head, messing with him. We told him, "Coach, we're joking." He's like, "Okay, good, but." For a minute there, we, we were dying laughing. What? Him and Ronco didn't get along that well. And so, uh, boy, that was funny. That kind of made it all worth it for me. But I know the whole coaching staff. I know the entire playing group, everybody involved in the program. Really irritated. It was the second year in a row we went back to Las Vegas. Uh, uh, we, we won nine games. We didn't end as well as we would have liked. But I, I we, we were, you know, I think we were holiday bowl bound, Alamo bowl bound. I mean, I just think if you look at the Vegas bowl ranks in, in the list of Pac-12 bowl games, I mean, I think if, I, if I'm like cool, sixth, second to, second to last or something, it's down there. And Sun Bowl, you know, I believe, is the last one. I would rather even, go to bowl than go to the Sun Bowl. Uh, yeah, granted, granted, I'd rather go to Vegas than the Sun Bowl, but um, it was disappointing. But – I mean, it was a full stadium, and that was kind of cool. And it was BYU. I mean, like, it wasn't the end of the world. I just would have liked a different experience. Um, you know, Travis and I both started in 2012. We ended in 2015. We got two bowl games, and we got two Las Vegas bowl rings that uh, I think, well, I donated to the dump. <laughs> you threw yours away? I don't know where they are. Yeah, mine are collecting dust. Yeah, mine's in the storage unit. 
I remember. I don't know what mine are. I remember uh, finding out that we were going to go to the Vegas Bowl because I remember we were supposed to go. What bowl were we supposed to go to? I don't know if you talked about that or, or not. Like it was like, was it the one in California? Yeah, no, I think we we should have went to the Holiday Bowl down in San Diego. Yeah, that's what it was. I honestly think that we got screwed over because. It was basically like, well, BYU is going to go to the Vegas Bowl. We might as well try to get Utah to the Vegas Bowl. So let's take the other teams to the other bowl games, and we'll take Utah to the Vegas Bowl to play BYU. And yeah, I, I think two big factors played into like us going to that Vegas Bowl. It was one, I think they wanted to see the rivalry game happen, and two, they knew our fans would travel to the game because it was decently close. So it's all money. Yeah, so they knew fans were going to come to the game. It was. They knew it was going to be a big game, so I think those kind of two factors definitely played heavily into that decision too. But it was regardless of not being able to go to a better game, a bowl game, that was still one of the funnest bowl games I've ever been to just because, one, it's Vegas, it's against BYU, and we smoked them. So. Well, you guys were smoking them until BYU came back. <laughs> I don't care if they came back or not. We smoked them, we won, I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, it still says a, it still says a W on the on the stat. It does. I'm looking at it right now. Um, so you guys, you guys probably know what happened in that pep rally when uh, your boy Tom Hackett went up on that stage and uh, said some. Huh? Can I tell that story? Absolutely. Floor is yours. I was not meant to go up on that stage. <laughs> Really? Nobody trusted me with that microphone. Do you think we trust Tom to go up and talk for the team? <laughs> no, I know what happened that, Andy, Andy was going up because, you know, Andy he loves the bloody attention. And he's like, Tom, can you come? Can you come with me? I'm like, Andy, I'll come, but I ain't talking, man. He's like, anyway, so we get there and it's double filled. R.I.P. Coach Stubb. Where is he? <laughs> and, he's still alive, uh, I think. And it's Andy. <laughs> I know. I'm just teasing. He's, he's <laughs> doing his thing. But um, we play a game of horse with a, a, a water bottle, an empty water bottle and a trash can. And Andy's like, if I beat you, you got to come up and say something. If you win, you don't have to. And anyway, I tried to go full Joe Ingalls on it. I ended up going full Dante Exum, and I couldn't take a bucket. And uh, and I had to go up there. And so I didn't have anything prepared, man. I mean, it was like – I had like two minutes to come up with something to say, and that was as good as it got for me. So, and it was good. Uh, moral of the story: Don't put Tom on the spot. Don't do yeah. it. So, so Travis, Isaac, Kenneth, when you guys saw that, and you guys saw Tom say what he said about BYU, obviously it fired up the crowd. It fired mm-hmm. up the team. What were you guys' thoughts when when uh, Tom said those uh, those wonderful? words to BYU. Hey, can you, can you relay it back? Can you, uh, Tom? I don't know if I can or should. Um, Dude, I, I don't I, let Tom. I was so nervous. Can you watch a On the car ride home, I remember like sweating and being like, I sweat a lot. And Andy's like, I'm like, Andy, am I, is, like, I wasn't even scared of wit. I was scared of Rudy, man. I thought oh. big Rudy was going to take oh. my head off. And I get back to the hotel, and Rudy's dying laughing when he sees me, and Coach Witt's with him, and I just give Coach Witt a bones and go right back to my room. <laughs> so Coach Witt was all right with it? He was fine with it. I think it was because it was a rivalry. That's why it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Anything you can say to disrespect that school is – and I'd take it any day of the week. So – 
and by the way, Tom's message to BYU in the, in that pep rally is now the the name of, of, of the podcast he hosts. It's Utah's world. Um, the only thing that isn't on there, and BYU's living in it, um, is the only thing that, that really isn't in there. But uh, I, I will say, you guys went up 35 nothing on them. I mean, Travis, was this I, – I mean, I know a lot of it came off, off a of turnover. Actually, all of them came off a of turnover, so you had short field every single possession in that first quarter. But when you guys go up 35 nothing, are you having that feeling of Oregon all over again? Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, we are, defense was playing great. The defense was getting the ball back for us, and uh, we were making good plays on offense and everything like that. And, um, and yeah, we definitely had that mindset over again. I think that's, that's when we got a little complacent and um, kind of got a little reserved. And, I mean, obviously it clearly showed because they started to come back and stuff. And um, we had to freaking – uh, pretty much make up for it at the end. Um, but, you know, we, we, I, I personally felt like we kind of let it off the gas a little bit, and that was frustrating, and, um, and that's, it gave them a chance to come back a little bit. It went from feeling like an Oregon game to <laughs> game. Yeah, I was nervous because I, I wasn't even planning on playing that game. Well, because I was injured after the Colorado game. Until they stuck a, a big old long needle about the size of this. Uh, my camera's all messed up, but like this. <laughs> like, and it allowed me to play. You know, you take something so strong, you got to sign off for it. That's what I did. I, I, I couldn't feel the league, bro. Yeah, man, I couldn't feel my toes. I said, dang, it was the craziest, most wonderful feeling I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> I couldn't feel nothing. I felt, I felt like, literally, I felt like a real life superhero. Like, I couldn't feel anything. And so I'm like, okay. So going through the game, I'm like, man, I just want to get through it. To be honest, just to get through with the game. So when we was winning by a lot, I said, good, good. Now I can just chill. Like, and then when they start coming back, I said, oh, um, shoot, yeah. what's going on here? And so I think it, it made it good, man. It was a good little memorable moment. Travis, you you mentioned prior to hopping on here that uh, you you had a, a little story from uh, from that Vegas Bowl. It was like the the day before. Yeah, no, it was actually the night before. I don't know. Maybe it's a little. A little uh, TDS dealer. I have a little conspiracy theory about it. But so uh, me and Connor Manning, um, one of the backup QBs, we were rooming together. And we actually get woken up at like 2 in the morning from a phone call. This is dead, dead true story. Um, and I get the room above our room at the hotel. Their shower was actually leaking, and it leaked into our shower. And so we actually had to pack up all of our stuff out of our room at like two in the morning and move to a different room. And I remember we were like half asleep and um, didn't know like what was going on. And um, I don't know. I don't know if that was a little, little doing on TDS's part, but um, <laughs> I remember I was just like, I was like, what the heck is going on? It was, of course, of course, something like this would happen the night before we play a rivalry game. So, um, but Full on, it was just we get woken up at two in the morning. We had to switch rooms. I had to do all that, and it was it was a weird weird timing. That is very weird timing, um, especially for the uh, quarterbacks room. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, now uh, I now I I, I kind of want to just end on this. There's there's a two questions I want to ask you guys, and then we'll I'll, I'll cut you guys loose. And you guys have been very gracious with your time, and I really appreciate it. Um, thoughts on, on, on the uh, 2020 Utah football team. We know it's going to be conference only 10 game schedule, but 
they had a really good year last year, could have potentially gone to the college football playoff, and they lose a lot of guys from last year. But thoughts on on this year's Utah football team is it's a really young team. Isaac, we'll, we'll start with you. Um, I honestly think Utah's at, either at that point or just about at that point where they just reload. I mean, I know they have a lot of young guys, but the young guys that they're getting now are, are better than the young guys than when I was coming in. I mean, even when I came in, it was a select few. You know what I mean? And I feel like the, the, the type of talent that Utah is attracting now with um, how well they've been doing, those guys that are young now are better than some of the two, three-year guys we had back in, back in the day. Um, it's just more experience and trying to get, figure out the playbook. But our, the coaching staff up there, they, they know what they're doing. Um, I think it'll be. I think they'll be fine. Uh, obviously, they'll be growing pains because the experience and the speed of play is different. But um, like I said, Utah's attracting far and better talent than they were, you know, ten years ago when I first got there. That's crazy. Right. You say ten years ago because ten years ago I was a freshman. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. To think Time that. flies, guys. God, duh. I still remember the, my freshman year when Travis had came. Well, my redshirt freshman year when Travis came and just came. Yeah, I'm really yeah. <laughs> that's good. Travis, came practice. Thoughts on this uh, 2020 team? Oh, I, I agree with Isaac, man. It's crazy. You know, the we have a lot of a lot of talent, and it, to me, I like it's always been. It's just a matter of how we're going to utilize it. We can have all the talent in the world, but if we ain't going to utilize it, what's what's the purpose of them? And so um, I just think that if we, if we align, you know, our, our schemes and our playbooks and our plays with, you know, with our talent, you know, the sky's the limit for what we can do, to be honest with you. We have the talent. Now let's just go ahead and, and utilize them in the correct way to maximize uh, their abilities to get us to where we need to be. And so I can't complain about what we have. You know, we have a great group of guys, so let's utilize them. Travis, you, uh, you have played with uh, somebody who, who's currently on that team, what was thrown to him, uh, Britton Covey. Um, he's obviously going to be a leader this year, but they're also having to find a new quarterback after Tyler Huntley graduated. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely know there's, there's some good guys there right now, you know, competing for the spot and everything like that. Um, you know, I hope, um, I hope they have a good, you know, I hope the quarterbacks have a good relationship. Like I said, I mean, I like with me and Kendall Thompson, like me and him, obviously, we both wanted to play and I ended up getting the spot, but that, that never, uh, put like a damper on mine and Kendall's relationship. We always had a good relationship. We always helped each other out. Um, we were always there for each other. So, um, I hope that can be the same for, for these quarterbacks going through that process. And, um, you know, I hope, um, whoever the starting quarterback is, you know, um, I hope they can, um, ride with him and have faith with him that he's going to get the job done. And, because, um, you know, that definitely plays a big part in, um, you know, the confidence that the quarterback has and everything like that. So, um, like I said, I, hope, um, I'm, I know the quarterback will rise out of this um, situation. And, um, you know, I'm excited to see who it is. And, um, you know, it's next man up and you got to step up and uh, you're the leader of that team. So, I'm like I said, I'm excited to um, – see what happens there. And, um, you know, I, I think a big thing too, I, uh, I think Utah has definitely solidified themselves as being a team to, uh, a force to be reckoned with in the PAC 12. You know, we always took pride in, um, you know, being the most physical team out there. You know, there was always times head coaches would come up after the game and, you know, 
would always just would always comment on how physical we were and you know how um, you know we played we played till that till that final whistle. So um, I hope that that trend continues, and um, you know, I'm hoping I'm hoping they'll have a season this year. We'll we'll see what happens with everything. Obviously, it's it's a weird time right now um, with everything going on, but you know I'm I'm hope. I'm hoping the players are staying healthy and, and coaches are staying healthy and I hope uh, they can, um, you know, have a healthy season and have a season at the end of the day. Tom, you, you know a lot about the team as well, having covered them right now uh, for us over at kslsports.com. And, um, you know, it, it's it's going to be a very different season, just not only playing conference only, but with, with, all, with obviously some new faces. Obviously the specialists are back, which is a good thing. But uh, still, a lot of new faces. A lot of new faces. I think the uh, strength of the team right now lies on the receivers. I, it's going to be fun to watch them make play after play, hopefully, and um, and carry a lot of that load, which which I'm excited for 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 Utah to sling it around. Uh, but they're young, and and everybody knows that they're young, and so I think anytime you have an inexperienced group. You're going to rely on on a few more lucky breaks than maybe what you would rely on with with a more senior driven group. Uh, they're going to need some breaks. There's no doubt about it. They're inexperienced, and they'll get better as the season goes. But a fast start and a strong start, you know, that could take them a long way. And and the the schedule that was announced last week, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's favourable, and I think there's a chance Utah goes five and zero or, or four and one. Um, but regardless, you know, confidence is, is kind of a wild thing in college football with these young guys. Um, the momentum you can gain, uh, it's quite powerful. So I'm, I'm certainly optimistic, but there's no doubt that they're young and it's going to be fascinating to see them see them grow throughout the course of the season. All right. Hey, hey, oh, real quick, uh, Tom, what is it like interviewing the coaches now, being a former player up there? It's like, what is it like? It's weird, man. <laughs> it's really weird because um, I got to be really careful with like the information I'm given. I think early on I would receive information and I'd just share the information with everybody, and then I'd get a call from Rudy and have to walk into the office and explain myself to Coach Witt. And I'm like, Hold your horses, I'm not a player anymore. I shouldn't have to apologize to, even though I made a mistake. So nowadays, all, you know, Trevor's, Trevor's kind of the Utah insider, and I let him do his thing, and I ha- help out here and there. But it's, it's weird, man. I mean, it's fun, don't get me wrong, but i got to put like, a professional face on, and then when the interview's done, uh, I kind of share some laughs and hang out. But uh, it's not as cool as I thought it was going to be. I'll <laughs> Yes, about, like, coming over to the media side of it, coming over to, to the uh, dark side, Tom? Yeah, I, it's yeah. fun. It's not as fun as I thought it was going to be. It is. Like interviewing players, like, hey, how was the game? Man, you know how the game was. You know. <laughs> it's complete butt. Like, I... <laughs> exactly. All right, final thing, and we're going to uh, end on this. Um, so the, the Apactual student-athletes came out with some uh, demands for the conference and it's starting to spread, you know, college football wide with the uh, big, big 10 has a movement. The mountain West just announced a movement. Um, they're, they're wanting demands for their conference, including half of the uh, conference revenue, health, health and safety protocols, scholarship stuff. 
Um, I'm sure you guys have already seen those those listed mm-hmm. demands, but uh, just talk about your overall thoughts on it. I mean, you guys can go in whatever direction you would like. Um, Isaac, I want to start with you on this as a guy who's who's a been, been a leader for, for this team and mm-hmm. um, just seeing this this type of movement. Um, I think I think a lot of the things on their demands are great. Um, at the same time, there's just a, a whole bunch of different spectrum of things where it's like they kind of it's give and take. Like you can't have fifty percent of the revenue. That's my personal opinion. You take away from other sports, that's real selfish. But then at the same time, I understand they're just trying to get paid. I never was an advocate for players to get paid, um, make money off your life for sure. But mine's was I. I just wanted more money for to live every month. I mean, after after paying rent, even when I was married, we probably had like two, three hundred bucks. Like, and then you guys pay rent. Even even in the early days, like when case offers came in and I came in after, like it was like, all right, well, do I want to have my bills paid this month or do I want to have food for the rest of the month? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like that's that's where where I come from from a perspective of of pay. Um, when it comes to social uh, equality, racial equality, I'm all for it. Like those are things that they they shouldn't even have to fight for those things. You know what I mean? And um, the fact that they feel that they need to is a problem. Um, I, I think that those things need to be um, addressed first and foremost. But there's just a bunch of things where if you're going to – like what happened in Washington State, uh, with those players, they got booted from the team for being a part of that. And all those guys who got booted were, were threatening to not play the season. And um, But now they're upset that they got booted. I mean, from a coach's standpoint, I see things that if you're not going to be good for the team, then I get it, then you got to go. But from a player's standpoint – um, I understand what they're fighting for. It's, it's hard for me to, to really say, you know, exactly what, what I feel on on the thing, on the uh, the whole demands and and their what they're wanting. Um, I always the athlete before everybody else because I get how that feels. But there's a lot of different things in the demands that uh, it's not realistic to happen. Uh, what's that guy? Uh, Fotheringham, his dad tweeted out. Yeah. yeah an amazing thread and just expounding on points that I think that that it should honestly be revived in the way that he put together because there were so right. many points that were made uh, by him. But like I said, I'm all for getting everything that you, you can and want, but understand that there's um, different outcomes, different repercussions for things that you want to do. And sadly, some, some of it will end with you not being on the team anymore. Travis, you know, you know, a Cole Fotheringham, right? Yeah, I know. Uh, Cole went to the same high school as me, and obviously he's younger than me. But, um, yeah, we always knew each other in Sully Dad. And, um, yeah, like I said, he grew up in the same city as me. So, All right. Kenneth Scott, thoughts on this on this movement that the uh, Pac-12 players are doing? And now, obviously, other conferences are, are jumping in on it too. Yeah, I agree with Isaac because, like, literally, word for what he said about, you know, with the, the social inequality, the, the pay – and all that, and just make sure everything is healthy. I'm, I'm assuming Utah is doing everything that they can to help in that case, which is a great news. Um, but it sucks, man. Like, you're fighting for something and you get booted off. But just like Isaac said, it's two sides of the coin, and I understand both of them. And so it's a, it's a crazy position to be in. But for me, I love football. Like, I, I just love it. I, me personally, I would have played. I just love football, you know. And then within me playing, I would just made a statement, you know, just like people make statements nowadays, like when Brandon Marshall was trying to fight mental health stigma, he had green cleats. You know, that was his way of, you know, saying this is what he stood for. And so 
I guess you can try to figure out ways how you can do both at the same time, you know, play, but still, you know, have something that you wear or represent on the field that shows you, you know, what you represent. And so um, I think those those are some ways that they can still do it to, you know, make their point and still, you know, uh, hold the end of the bargain of, you know, the coach's view as well. And so, but the racial stuff, I think, you know, they, it's just like Isaac said, you know, it goes to be, you know, be said. And so the health stuff, just make sure that they're doing everything that they can to protect the players and then get yeah, a revenue. That was crazy. <laughs> I was like, yeah. man. <laughs> that was crazy. I don't blame them for trying to go for the moon, you know what I mean? But at the same time, they got to be realistic. That's not ever going to happen. <laughs> yeah, for real. But the name, image, and likeness, you know, it's a, it's a great tool for sure. Because some people have that privilege that can get that type of extra commission. But then there's some people that, you know, may not be as lucky, be as lucky. And that can divide a locker room. Because um, I was speaking with Matt Martinez and a couple other guys about it too, and and they, they shared their points of it from okay the star players or the people that are well known, and what about the other players that may feel you know out of it and left out, and so you're just trying to figure out the middle ground to appease both sides, and so that one's going to be tough uh, because obviously it's going to be pointed to the people that are you know have the most stardom, but then the other people don't recognize. I mean, there's so much politics that go into you know you playing. And things of that nature. You know, there's some great athletes that just don't bond with the coach, and that's the reason why they're not playing. You know, and that can affect their name, image, and likeness. You know, from a commission standpoint. And so, you just got to find the middle ground and try to appease both sides, which is hard to do. Uh, but I like the players that are fighting for it. That's pretty cool to see. They're trying to change the landscape of uh, the college football outlet, you know, especially with the NCAA making billions of dollars off of us. Tom, you you look like you're you're gonna fall asleep. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to turn it over to you for your, for your thoughts on this, uh, Pac-12 movement. I know, I know that you've, uh, stated on, on, on our website, you've also stated in other areas on Twitter and things like that, your, your thoughts, but for this audience, uh, your thoughts on this Pac-12 movement. Uh, I'm all about power to the players. Uh, I think college football without the players isn't college football. Coach Whittingham, the rest of the coaches don't make the money they do without the players. Mm-hmm. Players need more. I do think that there's a fine line between how much they get, how much they don't get, uh, star players versus no star players. Uh, and we could spend a lot of time talking about it. But at the end of the day, I think I think what they're doing is cool. Uh, I, I, don't, I mean, I don't think they're getting 50%, but it's a good, it's a good negotiating. Uh, <laughs> on their end, you know, you've you got to start somewhere. And once you start somewhere – and if you give up whatever your starting point is, you're never going to get that back. So start high, come down low. Maybe they get 0%, you know, who knows. But if they can get something out of it, so be it. I'm all about power to the players. And I think uh, college football is a player-run system. And I think the players do the vast majority of the hard work to put the product on the field. And uh, and so I'm all about that. And right now it's, it's, it's college coaches that kind of run the system and they make the decisions. And they claim that it's player-run programs, but I would beg to differ. And so um, I would like to see more power to the players. But that's, I mean, look, it's really tricky because we're talking about 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. So, you know, they can't have too much power because some of the decisions they want probably aren't the best decisions for the best interest of, of the sport and the game. So, you know, it's, it's a very delicate situation. Every other league, professional league, has a players' association college football doesn't maybe that's where we start mm-hmm. uh get some of the brightest minds in the game together 
to uh, to to help negotiate certain elements. Uh, but I'm all about it. I, I like it. Travis, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, piggyback off of like what everyone said. Um, obviously, it's a tough situation because, yeah, I mean, you want to make it fair for everyone, and um, mm-hmm. and because everybody on the team has has a role. Like we would not, we as a starting offense would not be prepared if we didn't have a scout team to go against during practice each week. Yep. We would we would not be where we needed to be if we didn't have guys like that. So it is it is a tricky situation because you want it to be fair for everyone. Um, obviously, you know, like walk-ons and stuff like that, you know, they're, they're busting their butt. They're not getting any money, and they're, you know, trying to earn a scholarship and everything like that. So, and they're working, they're doing everything we're doing. So um, I always um, – I always had really high praise for walk-ons and everything like that, just because you know they're they're doing everything we are, and uh, you know they're not really getting anything in return. So, um, and like I said earlier, you know, it's it's a crazy time right now, obviously with um, the pandemic going on and and all the social injustice things going on right now too. Um, so, I mean, it's um, it's a it's a good time, especially for. You know, college athletes to come together and to work together. Um, I'm all, I've always been like a big advocate, especially, um, you know, I wish everyone could have experienced, especially, um, you know, the Utah locker room and the football team that we had. Because yeah. at the end of the day, we had no problems with any of that kind of stuff. You know, no, no matter where somebody came from, what color skin they had, anything like that, you know, what re- religious beliefs they had. Everyone respected each other. Everyone um, was, you know, had the same goal in mind. And, mm-hmm. you know, I wish everyone could experience that because it was, like I said, it was it was something we didn't have to go through. It was, it was, that was never a topic that would ever be brought up. And that was never something that um, ever came into question because every, everybody truly cared about everyone. Everyone respected everyone. Um, so, obviously, I wish more people could experience that because – um, it is truly a grateful thing. And, um, you know, I, I wish, um, you know, af- after all this, you know, I hope people's voices are being heard and I hope changes are are being made because um, there's definitely a lot of things that, that need to be changed and need to be addressed. And um, and I think a lot of players are, are stepping up and, you know, having that voice and, um, you know, demanding those changes. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously it'd be, um, it would be nice, you know, be compensated, like, um, and be able to get, um, you know, a little extra for what we do, but at the same time, you know, I, I also too, I'm not going to take away that we also got our whole education paid for free. So that was, um, I would never take that for granted whatsoever. Um, you know, coach would always, um, always said, you know, we're there first to get our education and, and football is, is second to that. So at the end of the day, you know, I'm grateful I was, I was able to have my college education um, taken care of. And um, I know that was a big, um, that was something that I wanted to help out my parents so they didn't have to have to deal with that. So at the end of the day, um, I don't want that, this whole, you know, ask, um, you know, getting money for likeness and all that to take away from, you know, the real, the real purposes of, um, 
why you got a scholarship and why you're going to college in the first place. Because at the end of the day, football, like we all know here, football is not going to last forever and you're going to have to do something once football is over. So you want to make sure you put, you put yourself in the best situation you can um, when that when that time does come. So before we get out here, can I just quickly say, um, and sorry to cut you off, Case Scott, I'll let you go after. Uh, wear your masks, love each other, and support positive social change like the Black Lives Matter movements. Okay, it's important, I think, for people to remind, to be reminded of that. I love all you guys. Case Scott, the floor's yours. But that's great. I was about to tag on to that because, you know, what Travis said was, was awesome because – you know, there was one point in time, I was, it was during a fall camp, uh, the coaches divided all of everybody up into different, you know, ethnic groups. Like you have, uh, you have different groups, but they all had like a white, black, different diversity within the group. And after the, after, uh, the late end of the camp, you have a representative talking so you can get to know you session and everybody will talk about their background, where they came from, you know, so everybody can understand, you know, what that person goes through and, and kind of get a deeper dive, especially if you're, trying to portray that you're a brotherhood you know we actually took those steps within our program to you know create diversity to have that attachment with each, with each you know of the players and so like travis said i think our program was like one of the better programs in regards to that you know having everybody truly like a brother it doesn't matter if you're white black poly everything and i think that that was truly uh, one of the beneficial factors of uh, our utah program why we are where we are well guys uh, obviously, you guys have been very gracious with your time. I have thoroughly enjoyed the last hour and change going through time. That was a very special year, um, you know, for, for the youths and, and really kind of the, the a stepping stone to what the program is now. So, uh, it, you know, I really do appreciate you guys sharing your stories, uh, talking about, you know, the best of times, the worst of times uh, from that season. So, obviously, I really do appreciate you guys. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we also sure. add that uh, we need more police officers like Isaac. Yeah. Yes, yes, Thanks, bro. All right, guys, that will do it for this edition. Uh, a, a big thank you to our sponsor, University Federal Credit Union. And make sure you guys check out kslsports.com. See you guys.